there. We are back with another episode of Syntrack to further fuel the spark of synthetic biology in you and make you understand the field a little better. I am Shivam and I am Aslaha. We are so excited to have you today at this very special episode where we are going to give you a safety google view of a Symbio laboratory. We are going to tell you everything about the basic experiments that will make you appreciate the simplicity of synthetic biology and hopefully by the end of the episode you will admit that this is pretty cool yeah so let's begin By now, we know that synthetic biology is concerned with redesigning organisms to get useful products out of them or enhance their survival in certain conditions. But where and how do you actually do it? The answer to where is a well-equipped laboratory of your high school or your institute. And always remember that the laboratory is your playing field and the lab technicians are your coaches. But wait. Before you enter a laboratory, safety is your priority. So don't forget your lab coat and safety goggles and make sure to dispose all of the wastes appropriately according to your lab rules. Remember, successful players always listen to their coaches and follow the rules of the game. So now you are ready to enter a lab determined to complete your experiment on time. So what is the first thing you need to do to get started in synthetic biology? The first thing you need to do is to isolate genes or DNA from an organism, right? What is DNA? Think about the Orient Peel experiment you did in middle school or the diagram you saw in your biology books. In such a small peel, hundreds of cells were closely packed together and the little purple dot was the nucleus. And in that was the DNA in the form of chromosomes. The cells looked pretty tight and small, right? So, how do we get to extract such minute molecules? You might have got the idea by now that you need to break open the cell, throw away everything else and just separate the most wanted DNA out. And yes, you are absolutely right. The basic idea remains the same, but the laboratory and the tools it comes with makes things clear for us. You will be surprised to know that we will be telling you how you can isolate your own DNA inside a lab and believe us, it's one of the amazing experience. Yes, absolutely Shivam. So for isolating our own DNA in a lab, we take a simple water mouthwash to collect our cheek cells. Oh, don't worry, you have plenty of them and they get replenished easily. Now we add a lysis buffer to it which is basically a detergent to break the cell and nuclear membranes of the cell. Once these membranes are broken, the contents of the nucleus, that is the DNA and some RNA come spilling out into the solution. Along with it, the proteins from your cytoplasm also spill into the solution. But today, we just want the DNA. 
So we add certain enzymes called proteases that will fight off and degrade the protein impurities in the solution without causing any harm to your precious DNA. Now we can see that proteins are digested, but why does everything look transparent like a soap water? That's because till now your DNA is dissolved. Each individual DNA molecule is surrounded by water molecules. You will need to precipitate it out to actually see it and perform experiments on it. To precipitate the DNA out, we use chilled alcohol and common salt. Once you do this, you can see some white dots starting to form in your test tube and slowly the test tube turns turbid. So, what's the next step? So, now you can take a glass rod and wind the strands on it and put them in another test tube containing alcohol and just observe the beauty of it. Wow! You know Shivam, when the first time I did this experiment, I couldn't believe that what I held in my hand was my DNA. The molecule of almost all life on our planet, the thing that makes me me. Yes, it's quite marvelous. These are the molecules that makes us different from each other. Now, the next question that might pop up into your mind must be how do the DNA pass on the information to the proteins? As DNA is itself a completely different chemical entity than proteins. Hence came into picture the central dogma. Oh, panic not. This process is much like taking down the recipe for your favorite chocolate cake from your grandma. Yes, it's that simple. Or is it? So, like we were saying, the DNA molecules are like your grandma who has the recipe of your favorite chocolate cake. And we are like another molecules called RNA that carefully notes down the recipe and transcribes it. The same thing happens in our cell, where the RNA molecules are transcribed from the DNA molecules. Then according to our recipe, we will gather the ingredients and make our favorite cake. Similarly, the RNA molecules bring together the ingredients to make proteins. And those ingredients are called amino acids. The amino acids are strung together to make a protein and this is the basic process of protein formation. Yes, and there is the simple flow of information that is followed in cell. That is, from DNA to RNA, RNA to proteins, and this is termed as central dogma. It directly gives this answer to the question like what makes us different from say a crocodile? Quite simple, because our genes are different. That is to say that a recipe for a cake will not give you donut. Now. We will take you through a long journey about how we imagine a cell to be and what molecular cloning is. Just like Scooby-Doo is incomplete without Shaggy, synthetic biology is incomplete without molecular cloning. So, molecular cloning sure sounds like two big and scary words, right? Well, they were scary for us too when we first started to read about these things in scientific papers. but. An analogy shared by one of our friends helped us understand with ease the mystery. And here we are, sharing the same story with you. So, our team thinks of a cell as a town. There is a powerhouse in our cell, which is of course, the mitochondria. 
The endoplasmic reticulums are the farmlands, the Golgi apparatus, the packaging factory, and the nucleus, which holds all the DNA, is the town library, and it contains millions of encyclopedias, which tells the town's history, how it functions, which proteins to produce, which to send out or utilize on their own. So now we are going to tell you a story about two towns, the bacteria town and the plant town. One day, the mayor of the bacterial town decided to add a new set of encyclopedias from the plant town library to the bacterial town library. These sets of encyclopedias are very costly and precious to the bacterial town. So, the mayor has entrusted us to make a shelf that perfectly fits all of the encyclopedias. The mayor has given us all the necessary materials from the bacterial town and asked us to make the shelf. Here, the new encyclopedias are genes of interest from plants. And the material for building the shelf is something termed as the vector plasmid. It's a round circular DNA of the bacteria that we need to add to the gene of interest. Now, we will need to cut the material in a specific shape to add the additional encyclopedias from the plant town to the bacterial town. For this, we take the help of some very talented craftsmen of the town. They will help us make a shelf space that is exactly complementary to the size of the books. The craftsmen here are the enzymes called restriction enzymes or the molecular scissors. By adding these restriction enzymes to our plasmid, we can cut the vector plasmid so as to fit the gene of interest. So now, we have a shelf that is perfectly cut out to hold the exported encyclopedias. We keep these encyclopedias into the bookshelf. Another set of craftsmen will make sure that the screws of the bookshelf are tight and the encyclopedias don't fall out of our shelf. Here, these craftsmen are another set of enzymes called ligases or molecular glue, which will glue the gene of interest into the well-cut vector plasmids. Well, now the shelf is ready to be entered into the bacterial town and to be added to the library for further use. The new shelf will provide information for new molecules to be formed which were earlier not produced, just like new knowledge leads to new thoughts and activities in small town. This example helped us to understand the cloning experiments better and we hope this analogy helped you too. It is always better that we relate the concepts of a lab to our real life and understand them. It makes learning fun and the concepts hard to forget. You remember how we told you that Jacob and Monod showed the bacteria can turn their genes on or off according to the changing environment. A question that might have stuck you would be how exactly does the bacteria turn their genes on or off? How is that even possible? Who or what goes to press on the switch and actually what is the trigger? For all these answers, we would like to emphasize that our cells are a fascinating creation and do not ever underestimate the proteins that are present in the cells. 
you will be amazed to hear that this actually your proteins that will allow the genes to be turned on or off. And such proteins are called repressor proteins. Their binding basically acts as a red traffic light. They stop the conversion of DNA to RNA and thus to the respective proteins. But just like yin and yang, there is an opposite to repressor too. There is the inducer. The inducer is a molecule that can interact with the repressor and disable it, basically turning on the gene. This inducer molecule can be from the environment or made within the cell to turn on the gene. In synthetic biology, we apply this basic idea and express certain repressor proteins in the cell to stop the production of specific proteins under particular conditions. What if we want to turn it on? Then, as you might have guessed, we will need the inducer molecule for it. These concepts are obviously easier said than applied and it takes months to test out the system. Even after months of proofreading and experimentation, there is always a chance that the circuit is not going to work out as you planned. But that is where the thrill lies in troubleshooting. And as a synthetic biologist, we are ready to rise up to take the challenge. We talked about a lot of basic concepts in synthetic biology. This episode was just a few drops of knowledge from the vast ocean of the subject. Yeah. Well, today we started with the most amazing experiment of isolating your DNA from your very own cheek cells. Then we went ahead to explain how DNA is utilized by the cell and how it actually guides almost everything that happens in a cell. Then, we shared an analogy to understand a cloning experiment. We discussed some of the very important players of genetic circuits and gene regulation. We hope that today's episode sparked an interest in you about the procedures and the principles of synthetic biology, and you are pumped up to read more about them. We, IGM Isar Tirupati 2021 team, is working on a project OVCloak which is an effort towards developing a novel contraceptive, which is also an interesting application of synthetic biology. You can support us to bring about a positive change in society through our crowdfunding campaign currently running on Keto. To know more about our project, you can follow us on various social media platforms like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Your love and support will be invaluable in actualizing our project. Stay tuned, in the next episode, we are going to discuss some of the very interesting and upcoming applications of synthetic biology, the moral values and ethics to keep in mind while conducting synthetic biology research, and the career opportunities in this field in both India and abroad. It's Aslaha and Shivam signing off.